Reluctantly crouched at the starting line Engines pumping and thumping in time The green light flashes, the flags go up Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank Fuel burning fast on an empty tank Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns Their prowess is potent and secretly stern As they speed through the finish, the flags go down The fans get up and they get out of town The arena is empty, except for one man Still driving and striving as fast as he can The sun has gone down and the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns And thinking of someone for whom he still burns He's going the distance Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skin, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We got ourselves a bi-week mailbag. We did a couple interviews last week, so my mailbag got pushed to this week. Uh, and I'm glad that it happened. Uh, I'm glad it happened today because Tyrod Taylor has been activated for his 21-day IR window, so we'll lead off with some Tyrod and DeVito stuff. Justin, how are you? How was your bi-week weekend? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Bi-weekend. Yeah, pop by your bye weekend. Uh, it was good. Uh, I actually, it made me really excited for the for the final push of New York Giants football. Now the result of this Green Bay Packer game, Monday Night Football, national television, and we're going to be up late. It's going to determine how uh, excited I am. I will be for the rest of the season after the Packers game. But you want to know what? We're recording this Monday, December 4th. I'm excited for December 11th for us to be playing against uh, Green Bay Packers on national television. Um, I think we're playing them at the right time. They're too hot. And the Giants are too ignored, under the, flying under the radar. Flying under the radar. Uh, before we get into this mailbag, this episode is brought to you by some special people. We got Jay Cho, out of boy Jay, Tyler Reed. That's um, Jaden Reed's brother. How about Jalen? Plays for the Packers. Oh, I thought it was Jalen Reed. J- no, I'm pretty sure it's Jaden Reed. You're right. He was actually in my midseason mock draft episode, uh, video last year, which is coming yeah. out this week. Ad. Um, maybe the most salacious one yet. Uh, Tony uh, Diesio, Diesio, he's, he's Italian. He's, he's going to be mad at, at our at our first question. Oh, there's no, no doubt. McBain, he's the McBain of my existence. And then Austin Westrom, he's not Eastrom, he's Westrom. Justin, who are these people? These Western people went to patreon.com slash talk giants for $2 a month, plus some other tiers to get to hang out with us live while we record the shows bobby skinner will send you some stickers in the mail plus a couple times a month there's some shirt raffles patreon.com slash talk of giants thanks to our patrons and also reminder um seven days from now it'll be six days by the time you're listening to this six days from now um if you go to shop.johnboymedia.com and you click on jam events we're the only event that's listed because our tailgates are still happening l16 on the curb we had our free tailgate uh for the patriots game but we're back to charge it 50 bucks you get uh, you get food and you also get alcohol, which honestly, I, I think I, I think if you're at the point where you're still going to Giants games and you're actually tailgating yourself, I actually may think it's cheaper just to, you know what, I'm not bringing food this week. I don't want to get there too early. I'm going to go to the Talk of Giants tailgate, hang out a little bit, get my own food, get my own alcohol, and I don't have to, I don't have to pay separately for everything. So uh, there you go. Buy tickets to our tailgate. That link is in our description. Cheapest. Uh, tailgate you could find and also we do a free one every year too no other tailgate does a free one so um check it out hey monday night football you got to get there you got to get there and have to have get there early you got to have the juice all right take it away steve mail time Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. Oh, boy. First question. The Pete's people are not going to be happy. At GPO Giants 1999, Tyrod or DeVito? Tyrod Taylor cleared. 21-day practice window is now open. Uh, If he is, I guess if he is going to come back and play, do we want Tyrod Taylor or Tommy DeVito? Okay, so (laughs) before we get into this, like I I am like – Happy with what DeVito did, right? Considering the expectations. Like, he did some good things. He pushed the ball down the field to Hyatt and, like, was looking for those bigger plays, and I, and I like that out of him. And also, um, let me say this, too, before you start talking else. 
he also kind of saved the season in a way. He he didn't. Hey, we're not Giants aren't playoff content. Vibes were really bad, really bad before Tommy DeVito came in here. I don't think vibes is a reason why Tommy DeVito should keep this starting job. But Tommy DeVito does deserve credit for the energy that he brought. And we were, I mean, we were having fran- not kind of frantic-ish conversations about can this locker room be saved? And I think now we're at a point in the season where the locker room is in a good enough spot. They've won some games, even though it doesn't look pretty at all. Tommy DeVito did really help in that regard more than really anything that he kind of did on the field, right? Well, I mean, he did create some explosive plays, right? Yeah. Like, he pushed the ball down the field. That commander's game, he operated the game plan for the most part pretty well. Uh, the issue is that, uh, t- like, you know, the well, Tommy DeVito, well, the Giants saved the season by by winning games or, or save the vibes, right? The coaching staff, the players, because I think with Tyrod Taylor, they win both of these last games. So here's the th- where I'm going to just be simple with it. Say whatever you want about touchdown to interception ratio or back-to-back wins, but Tyrod Taylor is simply a better QB than Tommy DeVito to me and truly every facet of the game, right? Despite the fact that DeVito has done some good things. Uh, I put up a fan poll. 65% DeVito should thinks DeVito should start, but only 32%. I say only 32%, even though that's a high number, believe that he is better than Tyrod Taylor. Here's the thing is I know that as like from the outside, hey, we want to see what we have in this guy. Like we want to see what we have in DeVito for next year. Well, Joe Shane already said that they're going to need a QB. So he's QB three at best, unless you think Daniel Jones really isn't going to come back for week one from the injury, which I would bet that he will be. And even then, he'll be back at some point of the season and will be QB two or QB one if they don't draft a quarterback. They are also with him day in and day out. They get plenty. They get. They get. They get to see what they have in him a lot more than uh, us, who just to, are able to watch the games on Sunday, right? And like this coaching staff, like they, like Taylor's better than him in everything, right? You say, well, Devito pushed the ball down the field. Well, Tyrod Taylor has the same amount of twenty plus yard completions on eighteen less throws without the two interceptions. He attempts them at a three percent higher uh, clip. Again, without playing. The commanders, he did play the commanders, but playing a commander's game plan, which was one of the worst I've seen, where they were simply just selling out to stop the run, leaving cats wide ass open. Like it was one of the worst game plans I've ever seen. And although the Giants are not making the playoffs, this coaching staff cannot look at these players in the eyes and say, we are not going to start the guy that we believe is better. And the locker room knows it, right? You heard Slayton dancing around it today in his uh, pre- the clip that came out from his press conference. That like, yeah, hey, you know, DeVito's a rookie, of course, but but Tyrod is is their best option. So here's the thing. You cannot ignore 52 players and 23 coaches because fans want to root for an Italian and do fun celebration no matter how fun it was. And it is fun to root for Tommy DeVito, but you can't ignore all those players and start a lesser player. Yeah, oh, I, I said it a couple minutes before. I, I really think, like, the Tommy DeVito's good enough quarterback play and good quarterback play for what the for where the Giants' offense is at right now. And where the Giants' offense is at is in a really bad spot. And I think towards the entirety of the season, and I think even for the second half of the season, it's the Jets' offense that's last. And then it's the Giants that are thirty first, and then the Pats are, you know, so, somewhere somewhere there too, and really being bad. Probably Patriots are thirty second now, I think. Yeah, I, I, and you know me, I, I like I like going by EPA, and you know, the, the, it's it's the Giants and the Jets that are that are very very close to each other. But sure, I mean, I I watch the Patriots with my eyes, and I and I do think the Giants' offense is better. But it's it's those three offenses, and then there's the rest of the NFL um, in in terms of just overall efficiency and scoring and everything like that. Um, actually, I mean, Tyrod Taylor. I'm looking at a chart right now from Doug Analytics. Tyrod Taylor has a higher... I mean, they're, they're about the same. They're like right at like in between 11 and 12%. Tyrod Taylor is slightly higher. So if, if that's the one thing that people are pointing at Tommy DeVito, well, he throws the ball downfield more and he has a higher explosive pass play rate. Tyrod Taylor is slightly higher. And I do think the offensive line is at a point now, as long as Andrew Thomas... I don't want, I don't even want to say stays healthy as long as Andrew Thomas's MCL doesn't completely tear. Um, <laughs> I think the offensive line is in the best spot that it's been all, all year round. And Tommy DeVito has done a good job of kind of taking advantage of it. But also, 
I mean, the, the, the sack rate is just, is just jarring. I mean, Tyrod Taylor takes sacks at a, just a higher uh, than 10%, which is uh, about average. Actually, no, so it's, a, it's, it's a little bit above average. Daniel Jones took sacks at around a 16% rate. Tommy DeVito's close to 25%. A 25%, that's one out of every four dropbacks is a sack for Tommy DeVito. And a lot of it, we've talked about it over and over again. A lot of it is offensive line driven. Um, so Tyrod Taylor, if you're if he's producing the 20 plus yard plays at the same rate of Tommy DeVito, plus he's taking more than less than half the sacks, I, I, I get the argument of, oh, Tommy DeVito's gonna be on the team next year. Tyrod Taylor isn't. They're not thinking about that right now. There's not two games left. I mean, Bobby, is there six games left? There's six? There's, five, there's five games left. Five. And here's the That's thing, the whole scene for next year. One, I th- actually think he would benefit from going back to the bench, right? Because here's where he Tommy DeVito is his worst. And it, it plays into why he has sacked essentially twice as high as anyone in the NFL not named Daniel Jones. And again, still... <laughs> a wide margin higher than Daniel Jones as well, is that he does not operate quick game well or almost at all. And that turns into sacks and that turns into bad plays. And I think it's because he has no confidence in it, right? Quick game is not like the deep passes are not easier throws to make, but sometimes they're easier reads to make if you're not, if you don't have confidence. Like, hey, I got a one-on-one. I'll take that, right? Where like, I'm telling you, if if you have had time to watch the film reviews, and I don't blame anyone for not watching the film reviews right now, even though they're my favorite piece of content. It's simple stuff. Like, it's a slant flat. They're in man coverage. The The flat route defender goes over the top of the other the slant, and he's just not throwing it. Like, just guys wide open and stuff. He's just not throwing it, and it's turning into sacks. And again, and those are drive-ending plays. He just has no confidence in it. And I actually think going back to the bench and practicing on that quick game type of stuff will help him long-term because guess what? He's being coached to not turn the ball over, right? And that's why he has no confidence in the quick game because it's all about timing. Second too early, you're screwed. Second too late, you're screwed too, and it can lead to turnovers. And he just has no confidence in what he's seeing in that type of stuff. So go back and practice that quick game. We know he can do it. He did at Illinois. And without the worrying of letting down an entire locker room. Right. Like losing a game for an entire locker room. Work on that stuff. Practice on that stuff. Like the idea that we got to see what we have for him for next year. He's QB3 at best next year. He's going to yeah, be with them. I don't feel too. the need, right? I don't feel the need to see what we have. I, I feel very confident in Tommy DeVito. It's like I think he should be QB3 heading into next year. And he should be competing for a backup quarterback spot on this roster. I, I feel very, depending on what the Giants do, I feel very confident in that. Heading into next year, I don't need to. I don't need to he's see. QB3. He's QB three. He's QB three. He's QB three. Daniel Jones and, and whoever him. they bring in, whether that's a mid round pick, whether that's a free agent, whether that's a first round pick, he is quarterback three at best for next year. So you don't you don't need to see him. You need to kind of protect him for going into next year. So it's just he's he to me. Tyrod Taylor is a better player than him at every facet of the game. We didn't even mention the fact that running the ball and scrambling, right? Um, the only thing that DeVito has done better on paper has thrown more touchdowns. Yeah, that's Which, it. again, it's very thick. Is not a way. Is if everything else points to one player except for just this one stat, which again, touchdowns are important. Then I, I'm not. I'm not saying like they're to me. They're not even close. You could talk about team points per game, and and I, you know that you're just looking for reasons to start DeVito. I think the coaching staff knows it, and I think they're going to start Tyrod Taylor. The idea that this coaching staff can just say, ah, we got to see what we have for him next year is bullshit. They're not going to do that to this locker yeah. room, right? And I don't even want to bring, like, we'll talk about Wink in a second. Imagine if, if Dable actually does want to, like, heal, mend the bridges with Wink Martindale and the issue, and like, and then he goes, ah, we just want to see what we have in Tommy DeVito. Like, the defense, all the players, all the coaches know Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback. And to me, honestly, I, I really don't care about any argument against it because nothing, Film, stats, nothing points to that unless you want to go off. Well, they won the last two games, um, and it's and uh, it's a cool story. Yeah, which again, it is fun, right? Yeah. Like I, like and it, Devito it, deserves it's been credit. A fun sto- story, and I want it to continue, right? I want Devito's preseason to be fun next year, and I want him to do develop into a backup QB eventually. Like I don't, I think he can probably, I think he has a chance to do that, but I still. Don't think he's a backup QB, a good backup QB in the NFL. I don't think he's created like this ten-year uh, career, despite the the storyline that Tommy DeVito is. 
like I think we'll look back at that and look at this as a fun time, but we won't look back. It's like, man, we'll look at one of the better backup QBs in the league and Tommy DeVito. Um, so it, it, him. I mean, do you have anything else on this? You just you just can't do this to this locker room to no. start a lesser player. Um, and you really you can't do it to Tyrod either. Now, if Tyrod gets hurt, which he does a lot, DeVito will be right back in there. Um, but I would not. I, I hope that I'd hope to never. I hope that DeVito never plays a down for the Giants again. Because I hope I, I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think he's good enough to be a long term backup, uh, and I hope that we're never having our starter and backup injured again. I'm going to be honest. I think Devito plays this year. I think I think Tyron Taylor is going to get hurt. Yeah, then in case that obviously that's. But I'm talking I'm talking like 2024 and beyond when I say that. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like I I I don't think he's more than a QB three in the NFL. And I hope that we are never down our starting two QBs again. Like I don't think yeah. I don't feel like that's too much to ask for with injury luck, is not both of our quarterbacks being injured again. Yeah, there's also a ten percent difference in CPOE completion percentage over expected. Tyrod Taylor being hey close to the top of the league at you know, a little over five percent, and then Tommy DeVito close to the bottom of the league and just a little south or, or north of minus five percent. So um, Tyrod Taylor is just much more accurate with the ball. As well, I mean, we, I feel like you, you, I feel like even if you're screaming at us saying you guys are so wrong, you guys are such idiots. I feel like even if you're saying that, you know that you know that the the points that we're making are right, but you still just disagree with us. Which is hey, which is which is the, totally the only fine. argument is we want to. See, he's younger. We want to see him. And to me, that's not an argument to ever start. Then we need to start Javarius Owens over Xavier McKinney. Right. Yeah. Should we start Trey Hawkins over Adore Jackson? No. No, we should not. So let's let's go apply that to every position group in the NFL. And I guess what I actually think Javarius Owens and Trey Hawkins have much better chances at being players in the NFL than Tommy DeVito. So you could actually make the argument more so for guys like that. Yeah. Um, there is there is not anything on film or numbers that points to Tommy DeVito being a better quarterback, and and not even in one area of the game. Like not like well, this area he's better. There's not a single area of the game, whether it's the quick game. Whether it's the intermediate throws, whether it's the deep throws, whether it's the t- uh, manipulating the pocket, whether it's running, and unless you want to quantify injuries, then yes, he is better at not getting injured so far than Tyrod Taylor. I will give you that. Yeah, Devito's a good story, and even if Tyrod Taylor comes back, I honestly don't think it's the last we will see of Tommy Devito this year because that's just how Tyrod Taylor's career goes: is that he plays, he plays two games, and then he has a sick play where he gets hurt on and. And then that, that that's it, and I think that'll and I think that'll be it for Tyrod Taylor. So. Yeah, if, if the Giants obviously next year will be different because Daniel Jones will be on the roster. If the Giants ever do invest like they in backup QB like they did on Tyrod Taylor, let's make it a guy who's not injury prone. Yeah, for sure. All right, next question is coming from Die the Giant at NYG in Wales. What do you think of the Giants fans that are putting out letters of resignation on social media because you won't read an ad? Ray, today's episode is sponsored by Shady. Rays. It's the season of giving people shady rays. Give the perfect gift for a special someone. For their birthday, yourself, Hanukkah, whatever. Our friends at Shady Ray have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swip snow goggles that won't break the bank. Also, give it to yourself, by the way. Treat yourself. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. And uh, again, I love Shady Rays. Here's the thing. I, I'm a big believer in like overpriced sunglasses is the biggest scam in maybe the world. Like what is a bigger scam than overpriced sunglasses? Because uh, you can find pairs like Shady Rays for like, you know, half the price, a quarter of the price. Uh, also for snow goggles, like if you're in a winter sports, the quick flip snow, uh, quick swap snow lenses move effortlessly between full sun to low light environments. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and, uh, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back. Long after your purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out a very great deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code GIANTS 
for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. You'll be glad you did. West Lock at Westy Westicles. If John Merritt needs to repair relationships slash slash torch to able to keep wink, would it be better to part ways or force a bad situation for the coaches? Did you see Ryan Dunlavy have like a TV spot or something where he was on a Zoom call and he said that like he would not be surprised if all three coordinators are not back next year? Yeah, and he kind of backed out of it a little bit on Twitter too saying like, well, they could get hired by other places or stuff like that. Here's what? the thing with this. This whole because we haven't actually got to talk about this since that game, right? Because I talked about it with Jordan on in the interview, but we're trying to get information out of him more than even have a conversation. I 100% believe the Jay Glazer report, right? He's the one person that I believe 100%. There is nothing that you can convince me to say that this stuff isn't real, right? And But stuff has been added since from different parts. Again, I don't put as much stock in, but the Glazer report is more than enough to know that it's real. And he said it could be in season. So, like, I, it's not just something, it's not some, like, oh, yeah, every, everybody has arguments. Like, no, it, this is this is very real. But I do want to just talk about the situation with you. Uh, but to answer the question, you can mediate, but you can't be so heavily involved that you get a Judge Garrett situation. But fortunately, I think Shane is the middleman instead of Dave Gettleman. Uh, so you would like Wink won't or hopefully won't be forced upon Dable if Dable just doesn't want to keep him, right? If Dable is just, I don't want this guy as my defensive coordinator, then he shouldn't be the defensive coordinator because that's just going to lead to him being fired down the road. So if you want to do this, do it now. Here's the thing. I hope that Dable does his best to salvage this instead of these guys whole, you know, having pissing contests for the next five weeks. And I, I, I just hope that there is an effort to be, get this done because to me, from what everyone says that it's like based out of to me seems like petty shit whether it's yell, uh, yelling or the McKinney situation that to me that shit seems petty now if they just have a differences of philosophy of how to attack football um one brian dable why did you hire wink martindale you knew exactly what you were getting with this guy um and if you're worried about all yelling and stuff like that then like from wink martindale kind of toughen up a little bit too yeah, I mean, if that's really, if the differences in philosophies and stuff like that, I mean, Bobby, you and I work very differently than each other. Uh, we're, we're, we're kind of very different people. And I'm not, this is not to compare to the operation of a football staff to a stupid little freaking Giants podcast, but I mean, this isn't the first time. It's not a foreign concept of people that have different philosophies and ways to go about things that they can't find a way to make things work. So I also agree that that's, that's pretty petty. Um, if it was, if it was like philosophical football stuff and like approaches to things, how come it, maybe it wasn't a talking point last year. It seemed to be working fine last year. I get it. It's, it's when you're winning and winning kind of heals everything. Right. And when you're losing it, it brings out the worst in people, man, this is where I'm at. Figure it out. A, a quick question for you. Do you feel like Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale are advantages to have on the New York Giants? Absolutely. And we have a question about Kafka later where I'm going to pose a question to people that I don't think anyone can answer if they want him gone. Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, I think there's disadvantages and disadvantages to what Wink does. Uh, but I think Wink has, for the most part, gotten the most out of his players, right? Yeah. And I don't think I, any of these players would are, aren't like – like say if they went to a Leslie Frazier defense – I really don't look at any of these players and like, well, they don't fit that scheme. You say, right. well, they got Deontay Banks press man. Deontay Banks is better in zone right now than he is. And in I think that's coverage. what that's what Leslie Frazier does, right? Zone coverage. Yeah, and you can, and again, you can mix in, and, and a lot of zone has man principles, especially for outside cornerbacks. Cordell Flott would be in trouble. Yeah, that, I, I was actually <laughs> talking with somebody. Flott is Flott is basically the one guy, and honestly, as much well, as Flott is plays, Flott, well, I, want, I need a nickel like, corner to play the damn run for one. Yeah. Um, is Flott even Flott like Flott a is the piece one of the guy. future? He, he, yeah, I, I don't know. Now, Flott, again, I, I think Flott has like played halfway decently, so I don't want to throw him away. But he's he's the one player who would str would suffer the most if they made a coaching change to someone like Leslie yeah. Frazier. But yeah. I like what Wink Martindale uh, does. I like how he attacks and goes after teams and – uh, he's proven that when he has the personnel, he doesn't need the best personnel in the NFL, but he's proven that he, when he has personnel, he can have a number one defense in the NFL. Now, Leslie Frazier has had that too, 
but I I I prefer the wink, and I think team I think the NFL is going to evolve a little bit back into the uh, the wink Martindale defense is having the advantage. So, um, and wink changes it up though too, right? Like wink has wink has has changed it up the last yeah. month or so with, without per certain personnel. Yeah. You know how good the Ravens defense has been over the last six seven weeks? They've been. The best defense in the NFL, especially now with the Browns kind of falling apart the last couple of weeks defensively. Their offense is not good. See how those two, those two things work interchangeably? In the first half of games, during weeks 6 to 12, the Giants have the third best defense in the league in the first, in the first half of games. Why do I bring up the first half of games? Because usually the game script is very neutral, right? The Giants are still in the game after the first half, and... The defense isn't totally tired out because the offense keeps going three and out, three and out, three and out, and can't get put, and can't put any points up on the board. Um, I find that to be extremely impressive, extremely impressive. Over you know they they did have a rough start, and I think that from that week six, I think week five was the Miami game, which was a really really bad game for that defense. I mean, Miami's a really good offense. It's it's really impressive, and I hope that like my like my overall message just as this is like a fan, I'm just like a fan right now. Figure it out. Figure it out. Make it happen. Make it work because it's not. It, it, this isn't like Patrick Graham. Oh, I hope we can keep Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham, like you, you can move on for Patrick Graham and, and, and find an upgrade, even though we liked Patrick Graham a couple years ago. Like Wayne Martindale, for around a half decade now, has been a top defensive coordinator in the National Football League, in a National Football League that's that keeps changing and keeps evolving from 2018 all the way up into 2023. And like you said, it's it's kind of evolving back into the style of the Wink Martindale defenses now, rather than the too high. Let's just you know uh, just solely avoid the explosive pass play uh, while teams are churning away 10, 11, 12 play drives. Right? Um, Wink Martindale's been an advantage for a half decade now as a defense coordinator, outside of one year where. Everybody on the Baltimore Ravens got hurt. Everybody on the Baltimore Ravens got hurt. I know we have a Mike Kafka question later too, but Mike Kafka, we weren't, we were praising him last year as we're guiding an offense that's uh, that's an average offense scoring wise, and especially especially a top ten red zone defense in the National Football League. Where you know what's the one thing that we said when Garrett was here as an offense coordinator? Can't score in the red zone. We have the last red zone offense in the National Football League in 2021. 2022, we're top ten. And what do you, what is required inside the red zone to really? be an advantage and have like a good offense in the red zone. I think it's play calling. I think it's play calling and execution. And Mike Kafka was part of that. And I still think Mike Kafka, even this year is still calling a decently good offense. And they've had to adjust to having a historically bad offensive line, a quarterback that did not take a step up like they wanted to three different quarterbacks. And now we're at a point where Tommy DeVito, a UDFA is now helping win games and producing some big explosive pass plays, and they're willingly taking sacks and not being stubborn in their own ways and are continuing to adjust. Figure it out, because these guys are advantages for the Giants. They're advantages. And I would hate, if, especially if both of them walked away, that's a really bad look on Brian Dable. Sometimes people say bad look, and it's like, well, what does a bad look mean? I think it's just bad. It's a bad thing to happen. Uh, it's not like, again... Like you said, I I hope both these guys figure out. And I think it takes effort from both sides, too. I don't think this is one-sided on Dable. Um, and, again, this is real, too. Like, I, I want to emphasize that, that this isn't just – like, when Jay Glazer says something about the New York Giants, you take it as 100% fact. Yeah. Like, if the – Chris, like, like, I know there was a clip going around about a – from a – uh, a Colin Coward, like one of his podcasts. Like I don't, maybe that guy is true, but like I, I don't, I see that and I don't take much weight in it, right? But right. when Jay Glazer says that it could be almost, it could be, it could be a divorce in season. Like the idea that oh, that's not real, that's just media. Like what, what is, what does Jay Glazer need media clicks for on his Fox NFL show where he doesn't write articles? He just put, he says the shit ten minutes before the game start, and and it's over. Like no. Jay Glazer does not make shit up, and he doesn't. He doesn't exaggerate either. You think Wink? Now, here's the thing: if Wink Martindale retires, I don't think he gets the remainder of his contract. Versus, if he's fired, he will be owed the remainder of the money that it's on. That's on his contract. Well, they could also just have a mutual partings, and Wink will get a defensive coordinator job like that. So, well, he he may not want a defense coordinator job. He may just like, all right, this is it. 
Oh, I don't think that. But I, that's not how coaches don't do that. They they die. They coach and then they die. <laughs> true. I don't, I don't think Wick Martindale's any different. It's true. All right, want to move on to the next question? Next question. This will be, I have a feeling this will be in an evolving story, and we're going to be talking about it and following it every single week because it, it really is more than actually the the play on the field. It is the, the most important thing that's happening inside those walls right now, I feel. Uh, Deke Freak 72 at JJ Deke Freak 72. What are your thoughts about the wide receiver core for the future with the way that Hyatt and Robinson have played recently? Is it to say that they just need a number one X receiver? I agree with that for the most part, right? Like, obviously, you can have upgrades, but, you know, Wandale has improved and on film, and it showed with DJ and Tyrod in the numbers, even though he didn't have, like, crazy numbers, but he, he looked good, right? Like, and I, I think he'd be more capable of some explosive plays, more explosives than, like, the typical short slot guys with, you know, bigger, you know, if, if, if you had a, sorry, if you had, like, a bigger arm QB or someone who kind of did a little more freelancing and, and creating in the pocket, um, now I still don't like that he's five eight with the shortest arms in combine history, and it makes him a small target. And you have to be on, you have to just be on, like you have to be perfect throwing the ball to him on some of the quick game stuff. But he's done enough that I want to continue with that investment in the slot position, right? Like he improved his craft, I thought significantly while coming off of an ACL tear. Like that was my biggest worry with Juan Dale. Is like he had all these like little things that he had to get better at to be like a, a top slot receiver. He improved greatly on those things with the ACL tear. So imagine him getting an offseason, uh, you know, without having to deal with that. So Juan Dale, I, I, I'm fine. Like he's, I could slay him in at slot wide receiver and I feel good about it for next year. Yeah, I, I'm still a little worried just about the durability of him in, in general. The more hits that he takes and the more targets that he gets. So I'm not. I still want to look for another guy that we can put in at slot for next year, but obviously not to replace Wandale. I think I would like it to to complement Wandale Robinson. What's really impressive to me, Bobby, Arjun Manan uh, put out a wide receiver's rate of getting open versus single-man coverage in 2023. Um, minimum 45 snaps versus single-man coverage. Wandale Robinson is leading the National Football League right now with the 56.4% open rate. Um, that is a total of... 44 times open this year in single man coverage. Um, now, obviously, that stat is a little bit more biased towards slot receivers um, because those guys are a little bit smaller and shifty. But Wanda Robson's doing his job, and and he is getting open this year. Um, and I I love the point of he is going to have this offseason not to rehab his knees. Going to have this offseason to fully lock in. You know, get whether it's get bigger, get stronger, get faster, and also improve on his craft and route running. He's going to have that full off season to do it, not rehabbing a knee, and hopefully he's going to come out next year and be even better with hopefully better quarterback play. Agreed. And then Jalen Hyde, I think, it has is a valuable piece in the NFL now. That's been a, that's been to me that's been established and and again it'll only prove more so with hopefully better QB and offensive line play. Um, now, highest miles away from being a wide receiver one, but he makes tough catches. We know what he's able to an explosive threat. Uh, I want to see him do more uh, verse cushion and just in your regular route running stuff. But again, like he's a valuable piece, like in the NFL. That's that's a given, right? Want him to have some more consistency, but I think that will come with some time, with some co- more consistent quarterback play, offensive line play. Which again, it's not a guarantee that the Giants get him. Uh, upgrades there but we sure as hell hope so and then Darius Slayton is the best right now and he should be on this team until they have a proven wide receiver one and as long as he's cheap like he is but uh, yeah this team I think is a wide receiver one away from having a good wide receiver room right and and you don't need an amazing wide receiver room to compete and compete for Super Bowls but a wide receiver one again makes everyone around him better uh and Justin a little spoiler for the mock draft video this next week. I think there's wide receiver one talent in the second round. Oh, I, I really do, man. Like you'd hear all the names. There's, there's a guy we looked at and I'm putting him in the mock draft. I won't say the name because I don't want to spoil. There's a guy we looked at in the summer who I had as like a late first rounder. And there's like consistently like eight guys ranked ahead of him when you look at the simulators, right? And you look at those names and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Like Mbuka, Marvin Harrison, Odunes. Like then there's other guys that are all, Malik Neighbors. Those guys are popping up. You know, those are all guys we looked at too in the in the summer. 
I actually think I, I would. I think there's going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL taken in the second round this year, and the Giants will have a high one and and a mid round one too, so they can look at O line and wide receivers play. So, yeah, I think they're a wide receiver one away from having a, a really solid receiver room, um, but you do have to go out and get that and get that right too. Yeah, I'm really excited for Hyatt, and one of the things that I'm really excited for Hyatt is if you get a quarterback in here that. Like, this is not Daniel Jones' strength. That's never really been Daniel Jones' strength. Thought that maybe in 2022 he would start to turn it into, a, uh, not a strength, but just a part of his game of improvising in a play and then, like, you know, th- throwing on the run or throwing outside the pocket. And, I mean, that's uh, when you see plays break down, that's when you see, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson. That's when you see these guys produce these big plays is when plays break down and you break the pocket and then, you know, your wide receivers and your quarterback just have the connection to find, you know, find each other, come back to the ball, and it results in these big plays. And that's where I feel like Hyatt, Hyatt with his speed is just going to be such a weapon in that department because I think that's where he's going to get the separation deep down the field. Interesting with Darius Slayton, Bobby, $6 million in cap savings, only $1.75 million in dead money. I know he's cheap, but I think I, that's tempting for Joe Shane. I don't think, you, you, again... Do not cut your best player out of position until you have a proven wide receiver one replacement. To me, that is that cap money is not worth it. How many times does this guy have to lead the team receiving and be their wide receiver one before it's like, hey, you know what? We'll keep him until we have a proven a actual plan. Maybe it's a post if, if it's a post June first move and they wait until after the draft, then it's six million dollars in cap savings. Maybe I, they should just trade him if he's on the if if they if they draft like a legit wide receiver one, and they're really happy, they they should keep Darius Slayton. I, if I, someone wants to trade a third round pick, even then a third round pick, I don't know if I'm trading that for Slayton until you're you're confident again. I, he's twenty six. He's going to be twenty seven next year. He's got a lot of a lot of good years left. Yeah, you don't think Slayton could be valuable if they if they get a young QB? Like you got to have somebody to throw these the ball to, right? And right now, Darius Slayton's a better receiver than Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. And although he's not the explosive play threat that Jalen Hyatt is, he is an explosive play threat. It's just Jalen Hyatt's on a different level. Yeah. All right, next question. How about getting getting Slayton more involved in the deep passing game department? I feel like, man, where's that been? Slayton, I'm pretty sure Slayton can run these similar routes that Jalen Hyatt's running, and and I guarantee he'll be open on some of them. them. It's kind of crazy. All right, we have an ad. We're going to talk about something. We're going to talk about... The farmer's dog, the results of switching your dog's food from kibble to fresh can seem like magic. But the farmer's dog doesn't use any sorcery or secret ingredients to make their fresh food. Just science. My dog, every day, it gets to 7 a.m., maybe 8 a.m. on the weekends if he's nice and he lets me sleep in. Freaks out. His mental clock is on. 4.45 p.m., I got to yell at him because he's like, begging me he's he gives me those eyes he starts scratching me with his paw like come on i need it i need it i'll I'll tell you what farmer's dog's like crack not to me but to my dog farmer's dog is like crack uh, because he just knows and he gets so excited he gets in it he gets needed he motorboats that farmer's dog and it's just great because it's developed by vets it's nutritionally balanced and made from real healthy ingredients to human food safety standards standards that's right you didn't think you'd hear motorboating in a farmer's dog ad but you did it doesn't matter if your dog is young or old it's always the right time to begin investing in their help helping you live a more healthy happy and full years together. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. Plus, you get free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy for 50% off. You'll be glad you did. Your dog will be glad they did, too. Are you ready for the next question? Be glad you did. Next question. Alec A at NYG Alex 626 or excuse me, it's NYG Alltech 626. What players do you want to see more out of in the final five games and why? All right, so I, I put for this, we have to pick three, and at least one of them has to not be a rookie because I started going through it, and then I was like, Deontay Banks, John Michael, John Michael Smith. like, oh, the, the first three picks of the draft. <laughs> um, We just talked about it at this last one, but number one for me was Jalen Hyatt. I want to see him more in the progressions, not just alerts, and, and hit something that isn't, de- you know, something that isn't like a go or an over or deep over 
or something that's just like underneath first way off zone coverage. Uh, like I, I want to see him be more in progressions. We don't have to spend a, a million, you know, a, t- a lot of time on these questions. But one for me would be Jalen Hyatt. How about you? I mean, one of them will be for w- Wanda Robinson for me. 100%. Maybe even what? Darius, maybe even Darius Slayton too. I don't. You know what? I'm taking. We already talked about Wandale, and we said, "Oh, we're happy with Wandale's season." I'm, I'm gonna put Darius Slayton in there. It doesn't feel like he's leading the team in receiving, but he is because he's just well, available, <laughs> and he's there every game. And he's wide receiver one. And he's wide. Um, he's wide receiver one. Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Can I? Can I go next? Yeah, go next. Jason Pinnock. I thought about putting Pinnock on there. It's not that I want to see more. It's just that I kind of want to continue to see it and maybe continue to make some more plays. I think he's a real, I'm saying the word advantage a lot today. I think he's, a, I think he's an advantage in the run game. I think he's very good coming up and playing the run. I, you know, I, I don't want to say he's a great tackler because I think I can remember sometimes this year him missing some tackles down the field and leads to some big plays. But I like Jason Pinnock. And as an option of... Like, you want to talk about a, a safety number two starter who you feel confident and good about, or at least good enough about, where this guy was taken off the scrap heap from the Jets practice squad. You're paying him cheap, and you got him here for the next couple of years. And we're not going to go into this offseason saying, oh, we really need that second safety. Screw it. Like, J- Jason Pennock, you're you're here, man. And, like, that's a, that's a really good pickup, and that's a good player. Yeah, I think he's a solid – I mean, I would – Pinnock would not stop me from upgrading. Um, but you're not going into the offseason saying we need, oh, the Giants just need a number two safety, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Point. So Pinnock is, was a great pickup after 53 man cutdown day last year. So, yeah, absolutely not. In fact, it kind of makes me mad because it's like I would love to have that need so I can be more in love with Cam Kitchens out of Miami, but I'm not allowed to because nope, not there's allowed. no way the Giants are taking a safety that high. Um, I probably wouldn't advise that either. My my Cam Kitchens dreams were that the Giants were gonna have a late second round pick this year, and uh, that's that's that that's not gonna happen. And one, he's a, not gonna go late in the second round, and then two, we we suck. They have a uh, pseudo. They have a pseudo mid second round pick with the Seahawks. Yeah, but I I, I still I don't know if safety. I I think Cam, Cam Kitchens will probably be the first safety off the board. Oh, I'm saying this as watching two safeties. For all of them, so McK- McKinney pretty, not back. Pretty assumptuous of me. Yeah, maybe McKinney's not back. We'll talk about that. Actually, well, that leads into it. Xavier McKinney had huh. his best game under Wink versus the Patriots. Right? He had the interception, which was a great play. He had that center field play, was a great play. The Deontay Banks interception that was a better Xavier McKinney play uh, than it was a Deontay Banks play. Like that was great, instinctive baiting a quarterback into a play, and he undercut that shit and. Jones just overthrew it, so Banks got the interception instead of McKinney getting at least a pass breakup. So, but I want to I want to see it more. Like, I, if the Giants bring Xavier McKinney back, I want it to be back because you're thriving and not just simply a good player. Because McKinney up until this last week was simply a good player, not thriving in this scheme. Um, he's a good player in the block box. He's a good coverage player, but he hasn't been a thriving coverage player under the Wink Martindale scheme. Um, so, like, especially if the Giants do make a defensive coordinator change, I want McKinney around for it. Uh, as much as me, I've railed against McKinney and annoys the shit out of me at times, I do want him back on the Giants. So McKinney is one. My last would be JMS. Like, played well in pass pro versus the Patriots. Continue you gave to two better. rookies. And 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 I, I said you have to have one who's not a rookie. Or did I type that wrong? You said at least one non-rookie. You gave me two rookies because you said high yeah, at JMS. least at least one non-rookie. I gave you oh. one to McKinney. Well, I'm going to give you two non-rookies. I'll be better. Go ahead. Yeah, so I just put together some amazing games overall, JMS, which I haven't seen that besides maybe the Card- The Cardinals game wasn't even an amazing game. It was a really good game. Like, I want to see some amazing games out of JMS to finish this season. My final guy, I kind of wanted to go Evan Neal, but then it's like, no. So how about Aziz Ojolari? Do you exist? What Here's, what's happening? <laughs> the thing is with Ojolari that even if he plays well, it doesn't even matter because he's just it's injuries. But like he's out there, and the thing last year was is that man, if only he can get out there more, he'll be good. Look how good he was. He he was even hurt last year, and he was getting all these sacks, and he was causing havoc. The, not saying that he's not struggling with injuries this year, even coming back from an injury, but like 
man, like he's looked bad. Jihad Ward and Boogie Basham and your your boy are like getting ben reps Whitley, over him. Boogie Basham, healthy scratch ass. All these guys are practice squad guys are playing above him, getting reps above, splitting reps with him. It's not good. Yeah, he has not looked good since coming back, which is like it's the first time in Aziz's career where he just doesn't look good. All right, next question. Next question. Samuel Kirk at Sam underscore Kirk 013. Hey, Bobby and Justin, met you all at the Senior Bowl. Hope you are having a nice holiday season. Oh, Sam, nice to meet you at the Senior Bowl. We're going back to the Senior Bowl. Really excited. Was wondering why there hasn't been much talk on Kafka's failures this year. Uh, received praise and got interviews for head coaching jobs last offseason. Why has he kind of flown under the radar blame-wise? Well, he's adjusted and, and he's done different things. He's added different things for all three QBs. My one critique is I want to see the run game get better and find an identity. Um, but they've also had some in-game adjustments to that too. Here's my thing. Tell me which player is performing worse than expectations because of the play caller. Can't if you want to say Daniel Jones, calling. he got a $160 million contract under Mike Kafka, and he can't make the throws for him to open guys. Like, you look at there is open guys on film. Um, you can maybe say Saquon Barkley. But, again, I think that has more to do with quarterback play, you know, the way teams are playing them, and offensive line issues, especially when Andrew Thomas is out. Yeah, I can't say like because of play calling it, it dude it's tough because just the quarterback play just disrupts everything this year yeah where again under the last offensive coordinator and you don't have to be as bad as jason garrett to be a bad offensive coordinator but it's like i could point to all these guys who are struggling because of the play caller you can't like again find me find me one nobody on the offensive line is struggling because of the offensive coordinator the quarterback i mean people are calling for tommy devito to start going forward Who's the guy calling the plays for him? <laughs> Again, so you can you can make the argument for Saquon, even though I don't agree with it. He's the only one you could. The receivers, like oh, maybe Slayton, but like, but again, it's 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 it's, it's quarterback play and offensive line play. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't blame the offensive coordinator for this stuff, and I think they've adjusted. They start Dallas Week One was not a good game plan, right? They thought that they were going to be wheeling and dealing, and the pressure got to them, and it, and it showed up. They adjusted. They adjusted, and DJ did not. Again, I don't want to need to go back through all the DJ stuff. I mean, maybe um, that's maybe that's the critique. They had an off season where they misevaluated Evan Neal. They misevaluated what the interior offensive line could be. Uh, they threw Glowin, you know, they they threw Glowinski and, and Josh Azudu out there, and they wound up stinking it up. Um, you know, they they. Two years in a row now, they've come out with the mentality of we're going to sling it across the yard and we're going to sling it across the field. And two years in a row now, they've had to adjust after having a certain period of offense that's been not great. Last year was better because they were winning games. Um, and they, and they were running the ball up better. Last and they were year. running the ball really well last year. Um, but that's two years in a row now where where that has been the issue. Now, it, I, I also put it on Dable because Dable's an offensive coach and, and Dable's the head coach. I don't solely put it on Mike Kafka. Dable and Mike Kafka are coming up with the game plan together. And all Mike Kafka is doing is just pushing the buttons of, out of these 25 second and 10 plays that we have, what play am I calling? That's what Mike Kafka does. And the only issue that I've had with Mike Kafka in the last two years um, is getting a little too run heavy on early downs. I mean, that, that was even this year. where I, Bobby, there was a point this year where I'm like, stop playing afraid of the sack. Stop. Like you're, you're, you're admitting defeat when you're running on second and 10 and then it, you're going to lose two yards because this rushing offense sucks. And then you're only going to take a sack on third and long anyway. And then lo and behold, the offense finally stops playing afraid of the sack against Tommy DeVito and it starts to look a little bit better. So so kudos, so kudos to me for being frustrated at that. That's the only, only time over the last two years where I'm like, Mike Kafka, stop. And last year when they got so heavy play, they couldn't. They stopped. They were dying on the play action and yeah. working on any downhill. But again, they adjusted. They they adjusted from it. Yep. All right. Next question. Uh, Doug Analytics at uh, Doug underscore Analytics. What individual slash team statistics would you like to improve for the remainder of the season? Mine is what I was just talking about before. Run game efficiency. Not the rushing total, but run game. Their yards per carry is three point nine. That's bad. I was looking at some stuff because I wanted to see, like, 
So at first I was like, oh my God, Saquon has the worst EPA or the Giants have the worst EPA per play in the NFL on rushing attempts with Tommy DeVito. And then I was like, well, let me see what it's for the season. Also the worst worst in the NFL. Saquon is 45th of 45 in success rates, according to pro football reference, um, which kind of measures it by down and distance and what a successful run is on those plays. You have Saquon Barkley. I don't think we can watch any of Saquon Barkley's film and say, oh, he's messing this up. And maybe it's a play here or there. But for the most part, Saquon's playing very well. you got to get your running game more efficient. It has to be. Now, teams, are again, are playing heavy the run. But I feel like you can – there's teams that you know are going to get heavy. Like, you know, Jeff Nixon, who's going to go be the Syracuse offensive coordinator. People knew the Panthers were going to be a run heavy the second half of last season, but they were still able to run the ball well, right? There's way like it's not just a oh well they're trying to stop the run we're screwed. There is ways to run the ball well, so uh, running efficiency, not rushing total, not you know got to put the ball in Saquon balls hand, uh, Saquon's hand more rushing efficiency because it shouldn't we should not be the worst rushing team in the NFL, which the Giants are in my opinion. I want to be better on early downs. I want to be better on first and second down so we're not constantly relying on third and 13 pass third and 13 explosive pass plays to to move the chains. Let's stay ahead of the sticks. I, I like continuing to be a little a little bit more explosive. That that that's been nice. Um I I don't know necessarily know what, what we've been ranking with Tommy DeVito, but it's been more explosive. Um wasn't hasn't been much more explosive than what Tyrod Taylor was doing, but it's been it's been nice. I just want to score more points. I mean, I'm not even going to go into, oh, this situation, this this context, this, 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 that. This Giants offense needs to score more points because I think that that is going to be a way to keep my Kafka in the building, and it will hopefully be a way to keep Wink Martindale in the building where it's like, hey, uh, I'm reaching my hand out these final five games of the season. We're going to score more points. We're going to help out your defense, and your defense, hey, you continue to ball out in the first half, and – Maybe if the game script is in a good spot, then you know, we're, and we'll stop going three and out. Then maybe the whole team will be in a better spot for it. Score more points. I just took it. It's kind of a it's kind of a cop out answer, but Giants offense is bad. Next question: <laughs> The Restoring Masculinity Podcast, uh, Restore Mask Pod. Uh, why do you think the NFL is finding everyone so frivolous frivolously this year? Dude, I, I feel like we people need to be more angry about this. The NFL is stealing from their players. They're finding guys every single week, like for just regular football plays, not like malicious. Like, why is the union not making a bigger deal of this? Like, I don't understand why this is like so to me quietly happening. Like, I feel like they're just stealing from their players, and every time I see it, I get mad. And I don't get less mad than the time before. I get mad every single time. They're stealing from their players. Why aren't more people talking about this? Carter Coughlin, five more than five thousand dollars, almost six thousand dollars on that nice tackle Dude, that he had on the kick return. Running backs, they're giving it to running backs who like put their shoulder through a guy. Why? What was the rule change that changed this this offseason? Did Did you see the Amon Ross St. Brown block last week that they fined him for? Yeah, it was like I. It's like if you asked me, if you told me that uh, who who got the fine for this play, you wouldn't have been able to tell tell you. Like it, it's crazy. What was the, I, what was the like, rule change that the, there had to be some rule change that this is derived from that they're NFL PA sucks and the NFL gets to do whatever they want. Dude, like I hope the NFL PA should be railing against this loudly and there, you don't hear shit from them. You don't, you, unless the player gets directly involved in it, like a mall around St. Brown, you don't hear anything about it. That's probably Carter Coughlin's like, uh, I don't know the math, but it's probably a good part of Carter Coughlin's game check that he just got taken away from him. I hope that some of these owners are like, this is bullshit. I'll, I will pay this fine for you. I don't know if they can do that, but. I don't know if you're legally allowed to do that, but it, yeah, it drives me nuts every time I see it. DK Metcalf literally has learned sign language to avoid fines. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> standing on business. How you, how you stand on business, Soft Gardner? How's things going over there in Jets land? Mm. All right, before we get into the next question, Justin, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? we got to make every second count, people. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. 
By the way, we we haven't got the spread spread picks will be later in the week. The last five weeks, I'm like eight, like nine, seven or nine games above 500. I just just want to say that I'm not bragging. I just do want to say that. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WORLD. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 in football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In, in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Blue Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. Be glad you did. All right, last question. Oh, Bobby Skinner, some schmuck at Bobby Skinner underscore. What will you guys bet on? Miami Rutgers in Yankee Stadium for the pinstripe bowl. So how I think this works is I think you would need to place a Rutgers bet for me and I would need to place a Miami bet for you. What? I can't bet on Rutgers in the state of New Jersey. No, I'm not saying like actual betting money. Like it's a mayor's bet. Like we we, oh. we bet something. Oh, shout out DraftKings. You can't we bet talking. in the state of Florida either. No. I didn't know oh. that you couldn't bet on Rutgers in the state of New Jersey. No, you can't bet on New Jersey college athletics in the state of New Jersey. I kind of like that law, to be honest. Yeah, because I mean, what if like I mean, I'm the I'm the whatever quarterback. I can just message my entire family, be like, "Here's the first play," and then boom, there's the play result. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with that. Here's the thing: it's in Yankee Stadium. Yes. I feel like we should be pitching to the company that we should do a JM live from Yankee Stadium before the game. Make a bunch of content. I mean, it's Miami versus Rutgers in Yankee Stadium. When is that ever going to happen again, Justin? Pettit? I think you should pitch it. I'm down. I think I'm you in. should pitch it. No. All I would need to do is get in my car and drive up to Yankee Stadium. There, there's a lot more for you involved in this. Uh, we got to pitch it. You pitch it. Pitch it. You, I'm not there. I, I never get their ear to pitch it. Oh, that's not true. That's, that's not a true. Fact. That is a fact. Did anything I say untrue? It's funny how you you know we're saying pitch it and the game is being played at Yankee Stadium. What do you do in baseball? Um, pitch. Not me. I hit. Mm, um, I'm a good pitcher. Yeah. So you. All right. There you go. You pitch it. I'll okay. hit it. You pitch the deal. I'll hit the deal. How about nice. that? Nice. Nice. Um, I'm also. Like I'm, I feel like I'm we hearing do something uh, for that. Should I we sh- live should, stream on JM football for that game? I shouldn't be saying this out loud because I didn't even tell you when. When we're not recording. What do you mean? I'm hearing good things about the month of February and something that we want to do. NASCAR? I didn't say that. It, but are you hinting at that? I, you didn't hear me say any words. I'm hearing good things. About stuff like this. It, it has something to do with that. What about this? This is a new one I just got. That's related. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. If you what love, about, if what you, about Miami Rutgers and Yankee Stadium? Nah, nothing on that yet. But if you if you like car content from us, oh, I was told recently, stop naming episodes live from Charlotte Motor Speedway. Wait, what? I was told recently because we've named. Oh no, we've only named oh oh because we also had the, the the NASCAR episode that we filmed in Chicago. I was told recently stop naming episodes with NASCAR related titles. Well, what are we going to call those episodes when we? I do agree. I, I kind of I kind of don't want to listen to the data people at John Boy Media. Yeah, of like oh, is the show where we're doing NASCAR content about a Giants podcast? Let's it's not the name; it's the subject matter. We understand that. Like, to the point where we're never going to do, like, what we did in Chicago ever again. Like, we'll just have to do a Giants podcast from a NASCAR place. Yes. Which, again, not, the Charlotte Motor the Speedway title. one was that. So, we could have changed the title of that one. But that one was legend. That's that's a, that's a legendary podcast. because Mr. Mr. Brownstone Brown saved stuff. the 2022 season. Yeah. You could. Oh, didn't get many downloads. Well, how many downloads did the playoff victory get? That doesn't happen without that. So, so you guys, true. You, got, you guys want to get to four. Without adding the one to three. Anyways. (laughs) 
that's an interview. That's by the way, I I thank you everyone for supporting uh the Justin Pugh stuff. That was good, a good look for us. Yeah, uh, very good. So, thank you. So everyone who went and tweeted at him, subscribe to his channel, I appreciate all that. So and we'll see you at our Daytona live show podcast. And dude, we gotta do there, there we have to do something. Or even if it's just a bet, like like a stupid like if if they win, if mine wins, you do this. If Rutgers wins, I do this. All right, we'll think of something. Le- yeah, leave send, a, us, send us comments and comment. tweets of recommendations. Comment on this podcast below and like let us know like bets and, and things that things that we should do. Jeremy is a Yankees fan or a Giants fan. Like if Jeremy? you're listening to this yeah. podcast, Jeremy, like get our get our asses in Yankee Stadium for say, a day. Say his name right. Jeremy. Je- Jeremy. 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 Oh my yeah, that's better. All right, that's an episode. That's an interview. We will uh We'll we'll be back Friday for a preview pod for the Packers on Monday Night Football. Um, and I hope that we are in Yankee Stadium for Miami Rutgers. But we're probably not going to be. Until then, let's go Big Blue.